0: The theme for this Advent season is God with us. And I trust that you're reminded of that and sensing that, even though 2020 might say differently, (laughs) that God is with us. The theme for our Advent messages. And the purpose is to remind each one of us that no matter what goes on, what we've been going through, no matter what life throws at us, we have God with us, Emmanuel, And I trust these Sundays when we come together and those who join us online can be reminded of those words, God with us. In the Sundays to come, we're going to look at how this kind of unfolds for Advent season. December 6th, next Sunday, we're going to look at God's people This must be ready to be on the move for him. And we'll look in Exodus at how the Israelites had to move the tabernacle all the time And then we're going to travel over to Luke, Gospel of Luke, where the angel of the Lord appears to the shepherds and how they had to move and let people know. The following Sunday after that, December 13th, we're going to look at how God draws and calls all people to himself. And we'll look at a a prophecy found in Isaiah, and then we'll also uh, see how that fits together with the story of the three wise men, three kings, in Matthew Chapter 2. And then on December 20th, which will only be, it will be an online-only service, because Becky and I need to be down, or up, whatever. We need to be at a wedding, Jameson and Emmy. And so we're going to be online only for December 20th. But on that uh, time together, we're going to look at how God is, is present in the world and also in our lives, and, uh, and how He's redeeming His people and His creation. Uh, we'll look at King Ahaz and Isaiah, and of course, the, the birth of Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. But today, today focuses on how God desperately desires to be in a relationship with us. It reminds us that God, who is relational, creates a space where he and humanity dwell together and today's message takes us from the creation story found in Genesis to the advent narrative specifically Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 33 but i've i've been asked before what is advent what, why why celebrate what is that all about and my my initial response is have you ever heard of of lent <laughs> have you ever heard of easter yeah, and so to help them understand it's an opportunity for people, Christians, to realize what God has done for them and to celebrate the birth of a Savior. That The purpose, though, is to remember how God interacts and intercedes for his people through the birth of Christ. And so as we celebrate Advent, that would be my prayer, that we would recognize and realize how he interacts with us, how God interacts with us, and intercedes for us as well. <clears throat> we're, going to start, we're going to start here by remembering the most important characteristic of God. And of course of Jesus Christ. That he is relational. God is relational. And that's the reason we have Advent. God wanted to begin the restoration process for humanity. So we, we take time to remember and wait for that through this Advent season. And he desires to be with us so much that God creates that space where he and humanity again dwell together. Remember that as we, that thought as we continue through our time here together too. But this morning we'll learn the importance of community. The importance of community. It's not only in the the new name of our church, but it is something that is valuable. Valuable in, in our walk with Christ. God is revealed to us in perfect community with himself consider the trinity the father the son holy spirit are all in perfect community and are completely satisfied with each other the most amazing thing about all that is that god created man to join him in this community that is incredible to be part of a perfect community to bring imperfect man into this uh, that is that is crazy A man being made in the image of God is designed for community. Practically, this this means people will do, do best when they are in community with God and one another. Through Jesus Christ, people can be part of the community with God and also too with others, which is God's intention from the beginning. God's intention all along has been for people to be in community, in relationship with him and with other people just consider the thanksgiving time you had a few days ago that was restricted by our governor in a lot of different ways and that hurt a bit that 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 stretched you a bit because you wanted to be together with people you love you wanted to be in community with other people we're created in that way we can't do it alone we need each other and thanksgiving It's just a prime example of that as well. But that was, that, that, that two week freeze that Thanksgiving fell uh, upon was not conducive to God's intention that we be in community with one another. But people do best in authentic relationship with God and others. And that word authentic or authenticity is a key to all of this. Authentic relationship. Uh, Let me, let me give you an example of what it is not. Uh, a few years ago, when we were, a number of years ago, when we were living in Salem, I visited Costco. And when I came into the Costco area, come in, there's the, the electronics area. And I was looking over. At that time, they had all these different kind of computer programs and stuff. And I was interested to see what they had. And as I was looking through all of that, a guy came up to me on the other side of this, you know, the, the, the island there. And he was looking through stuff. And then he looked at me and he started uh, starting up a conversation with me. And, uh, being friendly, I thought, you know, continue on with that as well. And uh, he continued with that uh, conversation and then started to steer it towards uh, a, a, an opportunity for me to be part of a, some kind of pyramid scheme going on. And I thought, oh, okay, all right, this isn't really authentic to me at all. <laughs> what is an example of an authentic relationship? What is authenticity? Uh, Let me express that through what has been created through our Advent calendar. It's in your bulletin, and it's something that has been also sent to those who are online as well. You can check it out in the links there. But let me give you an example of authenticity, authentic relationship. Rake leaves outside uh, or do an outside chore for someone, being there, doing something for somebody. Send a note or a card to friend or family or community servant. Speak life into someone's day. Offer to do a needed service for someone. That's authentic. That's being there. That's, that's putting feet and action to your words of saying, I'm your friend. Go out of your way to compliment someone. Set out to make someone smile. Call a loved one. Offer to shop for someone, support a, a parent with childcare, make or buy a Christmas ornament for someone. There's just a, a ton of lists, a ton of things here in this list that we can realize that authentic relationship can happen. It can happen. We just need to make sure that we're not just saying words, but that we're also ready to put our words into action and be there. To be able to nourish the relationship in, uh, in an authentic way. So community, God's idea from the beginning. The story starts with the account of creation in Genesis. And it, it, think back with me to the first couple chapters of Genesis. In six days, God created a whole world where he and his creation can commune together perfectly. That's hard to realize, hard to Fathom that, uh, how that can happen these days. But if you look at it, again, you have the Trinity that, that was existing then. And if you look in Genesis, it talks about how uh, we and us, when, when the world's created and when man is created. And so it's the Trinity involved there, and the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. They are in perfect community and are completely satisfied with each other in, in that community. The Father loves and enjoys the Son and the Spirit. The Son loves and enjoys the Father and the Spirit. And the Spirit loves and enjoys the Father and the Son. God then created man to join in with him in this community. And out of this perspective of community, man was created. And so it it goes to... We we might ask this question then, does, does the Lone Ranger attitude or image really fit into God's plans for His people? I think not. I think we, we cannot go it alone. We cannot do these things on our own because we need community. We need each other. We're away from family. It might be okay for the first week or two, but then after that, oh man, I'm sure you want to get back be with community, with your family, those who love you. When March ended and April happened, we had the shutdown and nobody could come back for church. That was tough. There was that community we had with one another here, and that was shut down until we were able to be able to get online and have a little bit of community through video and all that. But now back in person, trying to get back into community, and it's coming along. But again, the need for that is great. In Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 18, let me read to you about the uh, community in this. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will, cle- will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. We'll stop there with reading. So everything, everything in creation was very good except the loneliness of Adam. And the fact that it's not good for man to be alone points to the basis for marriage, really. Uh, in, in about, ooh, I don't want to give her any more stress, but in about 20 days, <laughs> we're going to be up, up in uh, Washington and witnessing and conducting a wedding for Jameson and Emmy. And in that marriage, these, these, these points, uh, these, these ba- uh, basic points of a marriage will also be uh, e- existing there as well, too. It's to provide companionship. Marriage is to carry on the race and also to help one another and bring out the best, one another. The basis for marriage. So God created woman out of man and they were together. The institution of marriage is an example of God's intention for his people to be in community. Some words that describe community in this situation here, in this portion of scripture, helper, helper. Uh, come alongside of and and live life together. That's what marriage is is about there as well, too. Intimacy. As as Adam said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. There's a mystery there of marriage, of of how two become one. And then there's unity, again, the two becoming one. And for God to choose to make woman from the man's flesh and bone kind of shows us that in marriage, man and woman... Symbolically are united into one. A community where their hearts and lives are united together. So, community. God's intention all along is for us to be in community. But then there's a community breaker (laughs) that arrived on the scene. Sin was and is a community breaker. God's initial plan for our relationship together was perfect and flawless, until we messed it up. <laughs> Remember that whole thing about don't eat from the tree? And, 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 and we did it anyway and, and then lied about it. That's not what God intended for this community. It's not, not what God had in mind. Sin wrecked the relationship between God and humankind. And sin wrecked the relationship between people as well. It's a community wrecker selfishness that's part of that sin that comes up as well selfishness what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine right we don't want to give anything away we want to keep it for ourselves whatever we can get pride pride is another part of that community breaker we're unwilling to admit when we're wrong we just want to be prideful about that make sure that nobody finds out anger Anger's about that as well too there's a number of other things that are part of that, but all fall into the category of relationship wreckers, community breakers. And our relationship with God and with people get wrecked when sin comes on the scene. So, since we messed up, messed that all up, God had to put into place a new plan for redemption and communion. And so, in this 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 narrative from the garden. We can learn about God, a number of things we can learn about God in this narrative of the garden. That he is a just God. Adam and Eve, they messed up. So they were removed from that perfect place. He is a loving God. Even though he removed Adam and Eve, he still provided for them, still protected, still cared for them. He is also a jealous God. (laughs) We need to remember that. God wants just we are supposed to worship Him. We're supposed to keep Him, number one. He's jealous about that. He wants to be the only only God in your life. He wants to have first place in your life. And He wants nothing more than for us and His creation to choose to love and obey Him. And something we can also learn about ourselves in this garden narrative is that we are selfish. (laughs) We want our own way. We want to do our own thing. You know, during this pandemic, when the restrictions came down, I heard a number of people say, there's no way I'm going to wear a mask. You can't make me. You know, there's no way you can keep me from doing this or doing that. We want to do our own thing. We, we don't care sometimes. And we're prone to leave the God we love. And we also lose perspective on what's important. Which is the purpose of Advent? To get us back on the perspective. To get our eyes back on what needs to be looked at. What we need to gaze upon. For too many weeks, too many months, we've been gazing upon the pandemic and everything around us and the troubles that are abounding around us. We need this time of year where we can refocus and realize that the Advent seasons for us to, to focus upon God. And how good he is in our life. And we need constant reminders of what's important, don't we? Lent. Anyone want Lent? (laughs) That gives us a lot of reminders (laughs) of of the importance uh, of, of, of what's important. But Advent brings life back into perspective. That no matter how far off we get, God still desires a relationship with us. So much so that he sent his son to earth. An Advent reminds and celebrates this fact. God created the garden to commune with us. And God creates opportunities for us to respond to him. For example, the Advent story. So we're going to turn our attention to Luke chapter 1, verses 26-33, to and discover God's solution to this dilemma of sin, that community breaker. In Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 33, we see here how God provides a community restorer, and that is his son. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Will never end, so we pick up the story now at, at what's known as the the Annunciation of Mary and and immediately we see in verse twenty six that God sent God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary and that emphasis on on the on the God sent is basically that God initiated this meeting God wanted that community to be restored again. He wanted that relationship to be restored with us. Continuing with this theme, we read God's plan for Christ to be the son of God and to live with us. John chapter 1 verse 14 states, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So God, who is relational, created a space where he and humanity could dwell together and once again be an authentic community it all begins through a relationship with Jesus that's how you can get in community with God again you can you can tell if you're not right with God you can tell if you're not right in in community with God because the Holy Spirit kind of tells you about it you kind of feel that conscience or whatever I, I believe the Holy Spirit kind of directs us in that as well too but it begins the restoration of that community with God and with other people as well, begins with uh, God with us, begins with that relationship with Jesus. If we have a, a something that's going wrong with uh, someone that we love, a, a person in our, in our life, and, and we just don't feel right in community with them, something's going on there. Something's happened where maybe you said something that was taken the wrong way, or they said something you didn't like, or they did something, or you did something somehow, something went on, community was broken. And in order for us to get back in community with one another, we need to put into practice what God has done for us, the forgiveness. (laughs) Forgiveness and coming to that person and restoring that community through forgiveness. It's, again, all about relationship, all about authentic relationship, to bring that community together with God and with other people. Now look at Joseph's example here. About it beginning with a relationship with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1. Another gospel speaks about this event. In verse 18. It says this is how the birth of Jesus came, Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together. She was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. he will save his people from their sins. So the example here of Joseph realizing that relationship with Jesus, Joseph was known as as a righteous man, a law-abiding Jew, and God defined to Joseph that Jesus was his salvation and his righteousness. Joseph saw that. We have that as well. And God redefined righteousness from trying to do right by law. Joseph was, you know, Going to go ahead and divorce her, divorce Mary, and, and, and let her go on her way. But from trying to do right by law to a state of being right by relationship with Jesus, that it isn't the law that's going to save us. It's that relationship with Jesus that's going to bring salvation. So Joseph's life was forever altered by, by linking it with Jesus. Our lives are forever changed and forever altered by linking our lives to Jesus in that relationship. So Joseph experienced true community with God and his family through Jesus, and we also, too, can experience that community with God when we have that relationship with Jesus. So where does the the church fit in to God's plan of community restored? How does the church fit into all of this? I believe by being relevant and useful to our community. While, while carrying the good news of course. Letting people know about Jesus. And what he can do for, for them. It's being a community. Where God's love changes lives. And in order to do that. We need to have that this community. Exemplify that. God's love. And then let the Holy Spirit. Work on people's lives. And, and, and how should it be. Uh, a, a space where. Where God and people dwell together, how can that happen? And I believe it is uh, it is something that uh, we are we are to be committed to being true, authentic followers of Jesus, and that's our vision. That's our purpose here, being commi- committed followers of, of Jesus, and then that brings that connection of God and people dwelling together, as we follow Jesus and authentic relationship and true relationship, then people see what God can do in a person's life and they see the community that is, is coming about from from a group of people who, who meet together, do life together. Then they see that and they, they see a space that's created where God can meet them as well and dwell with them. I think there are a couple things that we can take away from this uh, story, not only from Genesis, but also to from Luke, one is that community matters to God. Community really matters to God, and I think I, I think we need to, to make time for relationship with God and people. We need to do it on purpose. We need to be intentional about it. That's why you have that Advent calendar, <laughs> so that we are intentional in reaching out to people and trying to make time for relationship with people, and with God. we got the Advent booklets, and I'm sure you have other devotional booklets too that that take you through um, a series of, of devotions that point you to God's Word, that bring you closer to God. Those devotional times, that can bring you closer to God in community, because again, community matters to God. And then with people... Brian, making time for the relationship with people. Again, that Advent calendar is one way that can happen, where we can express love and grace and mercy. It's not always going to be wonderful times. There's going to be moments where maybe somebody might say something that you don't agree with, or maybe they didn't intend to, but it just sounded like they were slighting you in some way, or because anymore these days, that happens so easily and so quickly. Just look at Facebook. You've got people exploding and comments all over the place just because someone posted something that wasn't intended for any kind of political or anything else. And all of a sudden you've got people just attacking like leeches, sucking onto that and going, ah, you know, and bringing their anger. We need to express God's love and his mercy and his grace. It needs to stop somewhere, this, this, all this, <laughs> this anger and, and strife. Community matters to God. The second thing we can gather out of this as well is that God really loves people. (laughs) God really loves people. You need to value people as God does. You know, the, the Black Lives Matter, you know, that not the organization, but the movement, that's a start. That's a beginning. Really, which I've I've been told this isn't the thing, really, all lives matter. And we need to see that regardless of skin color, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of social status, all people matter, and we need to show the love of Christ to these people. No matter what they look like, no matter what they believe, we need to come alongside. God really loves people, and if you ask yourself, do I really love people like God does? We should be comparing that what's going on, not with what other people are doing in our neighborhood or online. How are we loving people as God is loving people? So community matters to God, and God really loves people. Pray that God would give you the grace to love people as he does. It's like I said, especially in this climate of today, there's a lot of opportunity for people to have angst towards one another. A lot of opportunity for anger to come up real quick. Pray that God will give you the grace to love people as he loves them. So you will do best in community with God and his people. We, we need God. We can't do it do, do this life alone. So this Christmas, as always it's good to reflect on the fact that God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that we can be saved. In addition to this, think about the fact that Jesus has made it possible for community as God intends it, that God's intended to be a a reality that you can experience. An authentic relationship with God and people awaits for you through the grace made possible by Jesus Christ. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, means there is now a space where God and humanity can dwell together in community. And he invites you through Jesus to be part of that community of saints. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, you don't know community with others in church. And today is an opportunity for you to be be invited into that community, to be invited into the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior and join that community. The koinonia that we have together. Those of you who are online and you, you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, I encourage you to consider that today is the day of salvation for you. <laughs> opportunity to receive Jesus who loves and and desires the best for you to bring him into your life and to receive him as Savior. Again, he invites you through Jesus to be part of the community of saints. And it is an incredible invitation. I trust through this Advent season that we will hear that invitation and those of us who have Jesus as our Savior will be invited to go even deeper into that relationship, to love him more. To allow him to do more through us, to reach other people. Today is an opportunity to be reminded of that. Community. God's intention all along. It's something that God wanted to have happen. And God allowed it to happen at the very beginning. Created all that going on in the garden. And when it got broken up, he provided a way for that community to happen again. And today, that invitation is for those who have not received Jesus as Savior and to join in that community. I believe an opportunity for you awaits. As you consider that, Annie and Annalie are going to come up, lead us in one last song. And I believe this song is just very appropriate for this time together. Consider that we really need Jesus now. We need him not only for the things that 2020 has thrown our way, but we just we need Him, our Savior, our rock, that when we go through difficult times, we know we have something solid in our lives that we can cling to, that won't change, that will, will remain the same, and we can trust in His promises.